Ladies and gentlemen, this is the SHTF Show. I'm your host, War Daddy. Thank you very much for joining me today. Once again, this is your host, War Daddy. Thank you very much for joining me on the inaugural episode of the SHTF show. I'm not going to waste your time today because God knows you need all the time that you can get, and we don't have much of it right now. So, you've all seen the news stories. Mobs of angry, disenfranchised American citizens turning the cities in which they live into veritable war zones. And you've all seen the other news stories, such as, After widespread looting and fires violence, and other destruction for a second night in Kenosha, Washington, the peaceful protests continue. That was CBS News anchor Gail King describing the Kenosha riots. I know. And yes, that's true. And yet another startling example of how the media is deliberately burying the mayhem unfolding on the American streets every fucking night. The news network downplays the violence and even suggests that it's justified. As anybody with a brain or eyes and ears knows by now that Black Lives Matter is not a peaceful movement and never has been. It's about as peaceful as the Irish Republican Army was. It's not clear if these setting fires were involved in the initial demonstrations, King said. Same lady. Again, suggesting with no evidence whatsoever that those engaging in arson and violence at a BLM riot had nothing to do with BLM. Another reporter... Mola Lange then made more excuses for the rioters, telling viewers that setting this truck on fire right here behind me is how some protesters have responded to the authorities' use of stun grenades and tear gas. Why do they intentionally lie to you? Don't they know it could jeopardize your safety, your family's safety, your kids' safety? Yes, yes they do. They just don't care. I saw videos of an apartment complex burning down in Kenosha with families trapped inside of them because they were too scared to take to the streets amidst the chaos. So our cities wither and our cities burn, and the people that we have elected to maintain order and keep peace are too busy pandering to the mob to give a shit. Clearly, we're alone. So don't take this as a violent call to arms. That's not my intention at all. It's just a violent call to knowledge. You need to be informed. You need to know. Yet still, in cities across the country, mob rule governs the streets every night, so how can you keep your family and yourself safe? Urban survival skills are often... One of the most talked about topics in preparedness, but definitely the hardest concept to grasp for most people. There is the debate that proposes that urban survival is more challenging than suburban and rural survival. Uh, Being that most preppers live in urban environments, it's important to discuss the skills necessary to survive. Some people fantasize and, dare I say, even romanticize about the possibility or threat of being forced to bug out. Which, for those of you that are just tuning into the whole prepper lifestyle, welcome, but bugging out means leaving. But the truth is that bugging out could put you in more danger than just hunkering down and staying put, especially in light of recent events. This is especially true if you live in a densely populated city like New York or Los Angeles, where millions of people would be attempting to flee as well, or Chicago. Scenarios that call for urban survival skills. There's a lot of them, but... 
There are different types of scenarios where urban survival skills can be useful. Essentially, there are less extreme scenarios like blackouts or rolling power outages that may not necessarily require somebody to skip town and bug out. Still, the skills do give a person an advantage. But then, of course, there are more extreme scenarios like an electromagnetic pulse attack, economic collapse, BLM riots come to your city. They could change the way of life for millions of people. Those scenarios may require someone to bug out. Urban survival skills could also be useful while trying to get home in such a scenario. In any of these cases, you'll be facing potential dangers from others and from the elements. Well, maybe not the elements in a riot, but potentially. Many websites talk about the same basic urban survival skills that should be obvious to most. In this show, we're going to talk about uh, six that are commonly overlooked. So, situational awareness skills. Situational awareness is an important, if not the most important, urban survival skill that should be exercised on a daily basis. This goes hand-in-hand with self-defense skills, but it is more important. By exercising situational awareness, you can prevent yourself and others from getting into a situation where you need to fight. It puts an emphasis on avoidance. Being situationally aware isn't all about being paranoid on a daily basis, but that does help. Instead, it opens your eyes to the possibilities of what could go wrong at any given time. Situational awareness isn't all about being ready to defend yourself at any given time either. It's also helpful in escaping dangerous situations. For example, if there's a fire in a restaurant, having situational awareness gives you the advantage to know where all the exits are located. That way, you don't panic and have to look for, look for, for those exits amidst the chaos when shit hits the fan. Instead, you could have already identified those exits before the emergency occurs. So how do you practice it, you might ask? Oh, war daddy, teach me the way. Now, I'm no expert, but... There are a few ways that you can develop and practice situational awareness. One way is that you can practice people-watching. This can help you develop a baseline for each environment in which you find yourself. For example, if you're at a restaurant, most people that are going to be there are going to be relaxed because it's casual. So if you see somebody pacing back and forth looking anxious, then you know it is inconsistent with the baseline. This should alarm you and draw your attention. I had very good advice given to me about 10 years ago, and that was, if it looks out of place or it looks wrong, trust your gut instinct because it is. I have always listened to that gut instinct, and it has never served me wrong. All right, number two for all you self-defense weirdos out there. It's a statistical fact that urban areas are more violent than suburban and rural environments. There could be a few factors that attribute to this, but most likely it's the densely populated area. Regardless, having self-defense skills is an important survival skill. These are needed not only to survive a shit-hits-the-fan type scenario, but also on an everyday basis. Of course, there is a big debate whether guns make society safer or less safe, but regardless of people's findings, data doesn't lie. So, we can keep the debate out of it because I'm pro-gun on this show and you guys can suck my dick if you don't like it. I'm not a gun nut, I don't like gun nerds, but... I believe in the constitutional right to own firearms, and that is all. Uh, If you're a bit of a snowflake, there are non-lethal self-defense options. Even if you don't believe in using a gun for self-defense, you still need to be able to defend yourself without compromising your physicality. Like, you can punch people, sure, but you run the risk of breaking your hand, breaking your wrist, and then being wounded and useless, eventually. Not only should you value your own life, but those lives of your family and friends. 
This is especially true if you find yourself in a uh, WROL situation, which is more and more likely every day, the way that the country has been fucking falling. Uh, and that means without rule of law, W-R-O-L. There are some more hand-to-hand -hand combat skills that you can learn to help build your, your fighting skills, but uh, there are also some really great options like tasers that you could use, or I guess. But you could also learn how to do Krav Maga and Wing Chun just hard right now since shit is hitting the fan already, and those places are closed for fear the coronavirus. I have practiced Krav Maga a bit myself, it's a great way to defend yourself, especially against people that can outfight you or more than one. Uh, Wing Chun is great against bigger individuals. But let's say if your attacker is armed with some sort of a weapon, immediately that puts you at a disadvantage if you've only studied Wing Chun. Even if you have basic self-defense training, it's going to put you at a bit of a disadvantage. So sometimes you'll have to match the force of your attacker in order to survive. So that's why weapons are a good thing, but I just say carry a knife and... Don't risk the attention-drawing tendencies that guns have. I'm in California, so it's a very different story for me out here. Some self-defense classes will also teach you how to use weapons, including knives and tactical pens. I don't know how I feel about tactical pens, but knives are a good way to go. Ultimately, I do believe it's important to know how to use a gun in a self-defense scenario. It is said, though, that the only thing that beats a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun... Uh, this, when you're in danger of losing your life, will, you will immediately call the police, but the police these days haven't been showing up, so you're on your own. If somebody pulls a gun on you and you have a gun, you fucking shoot them, you make sure you kill them. Don't know what else to tell you. If you don't have a gun, you're... <sighs> I am a firm believer that the easiest course of action, if someone has a gun and they're heckling you, do what they say. What else can you do? Your main priority is to live and to keep your family alive. So if they're asking for your fucking wallet, give them your fucking wallet. And don't even, don't even make it a thing. Just give it to them. Don't, don't look at them. And then hopefully, that's the, uh, hopefully they give you a break. I know it's shitty not knowing, and I know it's shitty being at the hands of the mob, but it's safer than being obstinate, that's for sure. Uh, when it comes to using a handgun for self-defense, I recommend getting some training beyond what is required for your CCW permit. There's a lot of tactical training courses through the United States government. The NRA website also has a directory of trainers that are probably close to you. Because target practice isn't enough. Just going to the gun range to practice your accuracy isn't sufficient, especially when you're shooting at metal targets on a hillside that aren't moving. At a gun range, you're shooting at a sitting target. In a self-defense situation, you're going to be shaking like a motherfucker, shooting at an aggressive, moving target, uh, so you're going to be under duress, you're going to be under emotional stress, you'll feel sick to your stomach, uh, you're not going to know what to do, you're not going to, you're going to be wait, waiting for somebody to give you an okay, essentially, but you're going to be shaking, you're going to be nervous, you're going to be sweaty. If you can even get the gun drawn, which would be a fucking miracle, it's doubtful you're going to hit him. You're probably going to shoot two girls standing behind him or something if you try to shoot. When you're under that type of pressure, you automatically go into fight or flight mode. Most choose flight, which is always amusing, because if you're scared enough, you'll piss yourself too, but uh, most the, then most of the others who choose to fight are probably not trained to effectively defend themselves. This is when you see guys just panicking and swinging over their head and bull-rushing guys, because this is the point where, you know, all the, the peacocking around is fucking done, and, like, the fight's actually going down, and, uh, that ugly fighting comes out, that brutal, I'm trying to kill this guy fighting. 
it doesn't happen because they're cowards, at least not all of them, but because they lack confidence that comes from training. Uh, if you've ever seen a fight between somebody that has been trained in martial arts and somebody that hasn't, it's hilariously unfair in the favor of usually the guy that's done martial arts. Granted, there are certain exceptions like Kimbo Slice or people that are comfortable fighting that haven't been trained and have fuck-awful form. They're still comfortable in that type of a situation. It's not going to get them all amped up like it would somebody else. So I recommend learning whatever you can. Preppers, I think, can sometimes get into the bad habit of spending money, spending money, buying stuff and things, and uh, they're kind of a lot of times missing out on knowledge. Knowledge, I believe, is power, and I hope to give you some of that with this show. Uh, you may be forced into a situation where you're completely outnumbered. In such a scenario, you're at a disadvantage. As the saying goes, there is strength in numbers. Escape and evasion is about being stealth and covering your tracks. It also incorporates counter-tracking your opponents as well. This gives you the predictability of where to expect an attack to come from. You most likely won't be able to take on a whole group of people by yourself. There's the possibility that you can take them out individually if you're fucking John Wick. However, it's not realistic. You definitely want to take the steps necessary to live to see another day. Uh, there's a thing called Black Scout Survival. It has some really great videos about urban survival skills. Some of the best videos get into depth about escape and evasion. It's something that he practiced frequently while serving in the military. And it is a fantastic situational awareness technique to keep yourself out of trouble so you don't have to engage in a fight in the first place. Navigational skills are number four. Navigational abilities is a must-have when it comes to urban survival, survival skills. Of course, it comes in handy in suburban and rural survival, but navigating in an urban environment is different. In an urban survival situation, you have a lot more options when it comes to navigating. In urban settings, there are many more roads and navigational options. There are typically many different routes you can take to get to a known location. So you got to know your surroundings. Being able to effectively navigate means that you have to be familiar with the entire area. This not only includes roads, but also uh, how you can utilize things like train tracks, subways, underground tunnels uh, that could give you an advantage potentially if the city's burning down and mobs have taken to the street. The more time that you spend trying to look at a map takes away from the time that you could be used escaping. It's even more important when you're traveling. Typically, before I go on a business trip, I'll buy a map of that city that I'm visiting. I have an app that I can download them, keep them offline. I will then identify potential escape routes and choke points to avoid while trying to evacuate. I also travel at very specific times to avoid that shit. You could download and print maps online, but honestly, it takes a decent amount of time. So unless you're ready to make the commitment to the app that will download and store, you're going to run out of time. However, if you have a foldable map of the city that you can easily place in your survival bag, that is golden. Of course, you could use an electronic navigation system, but in the event of an extreme scenario like an EMP, where all electronics become useless, that will also become useless. So, plan wisely. Rule of three. If it's an essential item, as you see fit, have three ways to navigate in your bag, three ways to start a fire, three ways to defend yourself, so on and so forth. Like three points of contact when you're climbing, if you guys are familiar with that. How you have your two hands. No, that would be four points, I'm just kidding. Your two legs, one hand touching the wall that you're trying to climb at all times. And you're balanced better. Same shit with your gear. All right, number five, leadership skills. 
the ability to lead isn't just exclusive to your job. Whether you realize it or not, everybody's a leader, even outside of work. If you have a family or survival group, there has to be leadership. Otherwise, everything will fall into shit. If you've ever been a part of a group where everyone wanted to make decisions, then you probably noticed that nothing ever got done. The reason being is that either no one wanted to take charge or nobody in the group had the balls that it took to lead. That's the downside of democracy. Everybody wants to be heard and vote on everything, but nobody wants to do the hard work. But when it comes to survival, you don't have time to sit around and vote and bullshit. Things must get done quickly because lives are on the line. Yours. Ultimately, leadership is being able to effectively influence a group of people. You can't influence others without them respecting you. And building respect is done through communication and doing that properly. Maintaining integrity and getting shit done. To help you develop your leadership skills, I recommend reading the book by John C. Maxwell. Uh, the two books by John C. Maxwell, including Developing the Leader Within You. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, number six, emergency radio communication skills. Knowing how to operate emergency radios is important for communicating with not only family and friends, but also with authorities. We live in a world, especially in urban environments, where we are totally reliant on our fucking cell phones. However, if an emergency happens where all the cell phone towers are down, then you'll be down the creek without the fucking paddle, and what are you going to do? Yeah, a lot of you would be lost without your cell phone, that's for goddamn sure. You won't be able to properly communicate or gather information about the emergency that you're now involved in. It's kind of like how the cell phones now don't actually tell the fucking news the way that it's happening. So you can drive right into one of these fucking riots and not know it. You need to have a support network in place and you need to use other things other than your cell phone. How are emergency radios helpful in disasters? Okay, a few years back, Florida was hit by a hurricane that knocked out the power for two weeks. It also knocked down the cell phone towers. Luckily... I knew a guy that had a ham radio to get information from the radio stations. And he used it to communicate with others. Uh, there were other neighborhoods, neighborhoods that incorporated the use of walkie-talkies. With those, they were able to set up night watch shifts for security, and they took turns watching while the neighbors slept. They were also able to communicate with others who needed food and supplies. Another example that shows how knowing how to use emergency radios is one of the most important urban survival skills was during Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. Thousands of people's lives were saved by the helpfulness of a ham radio operator. The operators were able to communicate with people that were stranded by the floods and relay that information to the rescue teams. So how do you develop it? Uh, God, to get training for ham radios, I would recommend joining a ham operator club. They typically will provide helpful training. These clubs will even assist you sometimes with getting certification to operate the ham radio legally. So in conclusion, altogether, these would be six urban, environmental, or urban survival skills that are most commonly overlooked. If you have any additional suggestions or feedback, please let me know by going to the linked webpage and dropping me a message. Your feedback helps the community to prepare the smart way so that we can thrive later. Thank you all for tuning in to the first episode of the SHTF show. I am your host, War Daddy, and until next time, guys, stay safe.